Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. And we preached about this a few Sundays ago, stop going in and out of Jerusalem. Um, but wait for the gift my father promised. Waymaker, promise keeper. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the journey to Pentecost. The journey to Pentecost. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you, Lord, for what your word will accomplish in our lives. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The journey, the journey to Pentecost. Hallelujah. Oh, and don't forget we celebrate our graduates on next Sunday. We have a number of people who graduated from high school or college. So don't forget next Sunday, first Sunday. Amen. The journey to Pentecost. Pentecost is celebrated on the 50th day after the Passover. Commemor commemorating for the Jews, for the Jews, the giving of the Torah uh, to Moses. Uh, the Feast of Pentecost, as I read earlier in the book of Leviticus, where God gave the command, oh, this is one of the feasts or one of the festivals that the Jews were to celebrate throughout their generations. Um, it, it, it was honored by bringing first fruits into the temple. You go back and you read that scripture, you, you read where uh, the instructions to what they were to bring uh, into the temple as they came to worship and celebrate that feast. So what we see as we read in, in the Gospels, Jesus, Jesus being a faithful Jew, uh, Jesus was not a Christian, <laughs> he was a faithful Jew. Uh, uh, he grew up as a Jewish boy, he grew up in the Jewish faith, and he followed 
the law, even though he came to fulfill the law. He followed the law, and he was faithful. He was faithful in the law. So we see him uh, celebrating, uh, well, he was crucified, but preparing his disciples to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And that's why they were in Jerusalem to celebrate that Feast of Pentecost. And we know, we know Jesus is the Paschal Lamb. We know his giving of his life, his sacrifice, um, uh, indicated that he was a Paschal Lamb, the sacrificial lamb given for the sacrifice of your sins and my sins. You, if you study Christianity, you study Jewish faith, you study the Passover, you study Jesus' crucifixion uh, and his resurrection. All of this ties into this new thing that God was doing uh, in the world, not just for the Jews, but for all people. Uh, but that's why they were in Jerusalem at that time, and that's why Jesus was crucified at the time that he was crucified. All of this is a fulfillment of Scripture. So, <clears throat> the 50 days of Pentecost encompassed the 40 days following the resurrection and the 10 days are there in the upper room. So after Jesus is resurrected from the dead, they spend 10 days, the disciples, in, in the upper room. And Jesus is appearing to them over this 10-day period. Uh, and he's appearing to them for a particular, for a particular purpose. Uh, 40 days. Uh, 40 days uh, from, from Passover to, to his uh, crucifixion. Um, 10 days from his resurrection, uh, or maybe we'll say his resurrection to his ascension into heaven. He appears to them. He appears to them. The Bible says he presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. I think I switched something up in the midst of what I was saying there. But, but so, 40 days is appearing to them. They're in the upper room waiting 10 days. Okay, thank you. Y'all got real quiet. <laughs> Amen. 40 days, 40 days appearing to them. Just, just showing himself alive to them, these disciples. Not just, the, not just the 11 now, because there are 120 in the upper room. Another time, he appeared to over 500 at one time. So there were, there were a lot of following, well, compared to what we consider today. Uh, maybe not a lot, but when you think in terms of the 11, there were a lot more people who were following Christ than just the 11. So in the upper room, there are 120 Okay, but on another occasion, he appeared to over 500 brothers, brethren, 500 people at one time, 500 followers at one time, giving infallible, undeniable proofs that he is the resurrected Christ. And the Bible says, speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. All right. So he's, 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 he is. He is showing them that he is truly 
the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who was crucified, the one who's been raised from the dead. And he's also teaching them things. Probably, uh, it doesn't say exactly what he, what, he, what he was teaching them, but as you look at his life and his ministry and you follow Christ and you, you follow his teachings, he's, he's all about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So he's reconfirming these things in, in the disciples because they have a purpose that that they have to fulfill, and they need to be sure about this. They can't, they can't do the things that the Lord wanted them to do without being sure of some things. You know, uh, I don't know where this fits in the message, but as, as, as the praise team was ministering, I was just thinking of, you know, I've been, I, I, I've been you know, going back to the gym and, and working out and what have you, and you can just go and work out. But there are people who know what they're doing. <laughs> so if you watch certain videos, one video I watch sometimes says you don't need a you don't need a trainer. If you watch this video, I don't watch, I don't pay for these apps. But if you watch these videos, then you can train yourself at home. Well, by watching these different videos, I've learned certain things to build certain muscles. Okay, so you know we can we can just come to church and we can just be Christians. But if we listen and we pay attention to the teaching, we can learn things that will make us more effective in kingdom work. You see, a lot of times people just come to church and people hear and you'll never remember 100% of the things that comes across any pulpit. You sit in any teaching or under any teacher and you never take notes, you never review, you won't remember all of the things that come across in the teaching. But if you go back and you review over and over again, and sometimes, you know, I'm watching these apps and, 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 and watching these, these reels and these videos, and, and, and I say, in my mind, I say, I got that. And I get to the gym, and then I say, well, how was I supposed to do that? So then what I do is I go back and I try to find that same reel and watch it again, and then when I get back to the gym, I know what to do. And the more I do it, the more I feel the difference in my body. Because following the specific instructions, I get specific results. Okay, that's enough said about that because there are a whole lot of people that are much farther along in, 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 in bodybuilding than I am. But that's just a, you know, as I was thinking about this and how over this period of 40 days, because if you watch these disciples, when Jesus said to them, as we pointed out a few weeks ago, stop going in and out of Jerusalem. Stay right here. I've given you an assignment. There are things you need to learn. You need to be focused. And a lot of time in ministry, in Christianity, we're just not focused. People are not focused. People tend to think, well, I know that. People tend to think, I got that. And so I don't need to hear that anymore. I need something new. And so people, some people are running for something new when they haven't really gotten the old stuff. Amen. Some people are running for things new and they haven't gotten the foundation. How are you going to build a house on an unsolid foundation? You build a house on an unsolid foundation and then you add a room onto it. Well, the whole thing is not solid. The whole thing is not sure. And so over these 40 days, Jesus is doing something for these disciples. And he says, first of all, stop running in and out of Jerusalem. I know you think you've gotten this. Maybe you're discouraged or what have you. Maybe you know the Jewish faith. 
but I'm doing something new. And you need to sit down, you need to settle yourself and pay attention so that you can learn, so that I can, so that I can reassure you and reteach and, 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 and reconfirm things that I've taught you before because really you haven't gotten it. You haven't, you haven't gotten it. And I know you haven't gotten it. First of all, Jesus knows all things. But by the fact that they're running in and out of Jerusalem, that's proof that they haven't gotten it. How's that proof? Because he told them to stay and they weren't staying. Yeah. So over this period, this is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord is doing. So today we're, come, we're coming back to Acts and we're, we're looking at this a little bit more about their experience and the teachings and see what teachings we can glean from them as we approach this celebration of Pentecost. And I know in many churches, and even we don't really celebrate, and we, we don't listen. The teachings from these festivals are wonderful. The implications or what have you. But we are not required to, fellow, to celebrate these festivals. All right? They point us to Christ. Christ has fulfilled the law for our sake. Amen? Amen? So, has well, fulfilled the law. So we don't, we're not required, and there are a lot of groups that are coming up now, and they're requiring people to celebrate these festivals. And you can't celebrate the full festival, because how many of you all in the festival of booths, you're going to go and build a booth, a booth on top of your house and live outside in the booth? Remember, if you go back under the law, you got to fulfill every jot and tittle of the law to be justified. So we have to be really careful in these teachings because, you know, I was reading something uh, last night and, and I realized that, you know, what was happening in certain instances was that people are using these not to build faith in people but to raise money. So I could, I could tell you because one of the offerings that was asked to bring was a $5,000 offering. Well, it did start at fifty, but it went up by increments and eventually ended up at $5,000 for an offering on, on, on Pentecost Sunday. Well, I'm not going to ask you to bring a $50 offering, a $500 offering, a $1,500 offering, a $5,000 offering. But if the Lord lays it on your heart, because it is, a, it, is a, it is an act of faith, you can bring a special offering next Sunday, a Pentecost offering. And I believe it started, he started at 50 because penta means 50. All right. I think a few years ago, I asked you to bring a special offering for Pentecost. But we don't have to celebrate uh, as a law the festival of, of Pentecost. But there are, there's meaning in it. There's meaning in it. We know what 50 represents, the year of Jubilee and, and all of that. Well, Now, so this was a command to the Jews to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, as we read in in. The, in in Leviticus, um, because they were under the law. And as I've said, uh, it is not required by us. Pentecost for us is a celebration of the fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment of the promise, the fulfillment of the promise to give the Holy Spirit as our helper, uh, as our guide, as our teacher. And it is also a celebration of the inauguration of the church age. Because the church is birthed on Pentecost. Amen. Amen. I used to always say, well, not always, you know, when, when we grew up with, you know, the mother of the church. And I started saying mother of the church. That just doesn't sound right. 
Because mother means somebody who gives birth to. We might say mothers in the church to recognize people. You know, we're good. We're really good among us as doing things to make people feel good. You know, and I guess that's good. But it gets to the point that you have to stop being, have such low self-esteem that you got to always be patted on your back, rubbed on your shoulder. We got to get to that point in the church that we grow up. Because we've done a whole lot of stuff, especially among us, to make people feel good about themselves. And I I understand our history in America. And, and, well, it's not just in America because everybody's mother in Africa, in Liberia especially, once you start having children. (laughs) Your old ma, right? (laughs) But it's something that we grew up with this, and we're always doing things to pat people on their backs and make them feel good. So one of the things we need to do in our community, especially our community, is that we need to start going into homes and in communities and helping build it up, build up people and teach parents how to parent so that they build their children up at home. You got to be built up in your house. Mamas have to build up their children. Daddies have to build up their children. You have to affirm your children. You can't raise your children talking down to them and always beating them and always cussing at them and always yelling at them. You have to teach your children what looks beautiful. Teach your daughters, fathers. I don't want to get off on this subject, but I got to preach this message. But fathers need to teach their daughters what looks beautiful and what is becoming as a young lady in Christ. You know, when, when, a, when a girl is loved at home, she knows what love is. She doesn't have to give her body to somebody that just wants to use her. Looking for love. And when a boy is raised right, then he's challenged out of the love that's been poured into him not to misuse young ladies. We have some serious issues going on in our community. Serious, serious, serious. I look at some people on Facebook and I wonder, how does your mama let you go out of the house dressed like that? How's your daddy? When a man knows what's appealing to another man and you're going to the prom and you're half-dressed. When you're revealing so much, so much stuff, you ought to be waiting to reveal it in the bedroom on the marriage night, but you revealed it to this guy at prom who's only looking for a certain thing out of you. And you made it so easy. Let me get back to this message. Because... Ooh, Lord have mercy. But, 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 when you think about, when you think about this life, when you think about Pentecost, and when you think about what Jesus did and what Holy Spirit has come to do, all of this is wrapped up in it. All of it is wrapped up in it. His disciples, these apostles and others, needed to know how to take this ministry into the world and through this ministry, Holy Spirit would transform people's lives. That's the reason we should we ought to be in the world and not of the world. I mentioned last Sunday, when we want our children to have a normal life, what standard are we measuring normal by? Is it by the standard of Jesus or is it by the standard of the world? 
And that's a challenge for us. Real challenge for us as parents. So our children go to school and they're around all of these other people who don't have the same standard that we have at home. So how do we continue in the midst of the influences of the world to, to, to maintain the standard of Jesus Christ? All of this is wrapped up in Pentecost. Wrapped up in Pentecost. Yeah. So what do we learn? As we look at this scripture, as we look at this scripture, uh, the first thing I notice from the scripture is that what they receive, what they are receiving at Pentecost, the implications of this teaching, is that they are receiving a fresh revelation of Christ Jesus. Okay. After his suffering, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. So what's happening in these 40 days? Yes, he's teaching them about the kingdom, but he's showing himself to them so that they have now a fresh, a fresh revelation, a fresh revelation of who he is. You remember now, remember, many of them didn't believe that he'd been raised from the dead. Remember Luke chapter 24, verse 19? When the women, Mary Magdalene, um, John, and other women had come back from the tomb, had gone to the tomb that morning with the spices, they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, uh, and, and, and then the Bible says, but they did not believe them because their words seem as them, seen to them as nonsense. King James says, as a tale that is told. So they didn't believe. That you, you remember Thomas' response when he had appeared to the other disciples Jesus had? Thomas said, I'm not going to believe. I've got to see with my own eyes. I've got to put my hands in the nail prints in his hand and thrust my hand in his side before I believe. So they didn't believe. So now, during this 40-day period, he's given them a fresh revelation of who he is, even to the point. Today we sing, he's a promise keeper. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a miracle worker. What was the other one? Light in the darkness. Why do we sing that? Because we believe. But in that day, they didn't believe. And for some people today, when we sing that song, when some of us sing that song, it's not true for everybody in the, in the, in the congregation. It's not true to everybody that listens to. So they need a revelation of Jesus Christ. They need the revelation that he is a, he is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light of the darkness. That he is the Christ, the Messiah of God. They need that revelation. And I always say, if you want to see Christ, if you want to experience him, he will reveal himself to you. The Bible says he's a revealer to those who do what? Diligently seek him. Rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, so if you're really seeking the Lord, he'll reveal himself to you. You may not, he may not appear to you uh, uh, I was reading something, saw something the other day. A lady said she saw Jesus eye to eye. Well, you may not see him eye to eye. <laughs> I just want to say that. I don't know what that lady saw. I'm just going to tell you. you. He may not come and stand in front of you and say, I am the Christ. Okay. All right. I'll tell you when my grandmama said she wanted to see her husband, and one night he came and sat on the bed after he died, and every time she'd move over, he'd move over. She said, I never wanted to see him again. 
He may not come and sit on your bed. You know, what you want to see may be a figment of your imagination, but he will reveal himself to you. He will confirm who he is to you if you really diligently seek him. Diligence means that you're putting effort in this thing. You know, old people would send people out. Pastor Doe tell me when they were growing up, they would send people in the woods seeking. Go seek the Lord. Amen. We're not sending you in the woods seeking, but if you diligently seek, pray, ask the Lord, God will reveal himself to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, even Peter, even Peter, Jesus came and confirmed, reconfirmed. He restored Peter and reconfirmed Peter's faith because he had ministry that he had to do. You and I have ministry that we have to engage in, and we need to know this Christ. I'm not preaching about somebody that I just heard about. I'm preaching about a Christ that I've experienced myself. And you need to be preaching and teaching and talking about the Christ that you have experienced for yourself. Mama's faith is good. Daddy's faith is good. The preacher's faith is good. But you need your own experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will give it. So Jesus appeared to them uh, over this period of 40 days, and then he charged them with ministry responsibilities. Uh, He presented himself to them and gave them many convincing or infallible proofs that he was alive. So we need a fresh revelation of Christ, uh, the Christ of the Holy Scriptures, the Christ of the Holy Scriptures. Now, you know, over the years, we've had Jesus Christ Superstar, we've had... uh, We've had all of these other movies and television shows about Christ. We need the Christ of the Bible. Anything that's done for television is going to be done with some twist to it, to appeal to people. And some of them have really been a mockery, have really been blasphemous when it comes to speaking about Christ. So we need a revelation of the Christ of the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you study the book of Acts, if you would, the disciples experience um, this, 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 um, let me back up and and say this because this won't make sense right here if I don't back up. Some of us tend to put Jesus in the box, even in the church. Even if we may not necessarily have been influenced by everything we saw on TV, we tend to put Jesus in a box and talk about what Jesus didn't do, what he can't do, what he won't do. But the Bible teaches us that all things are possible with God. We can never in our finite minds come up with what the Lord won't do or can't do. Amen? So we don't need to put him in a box. The church has put Jesus in a box. The church has said the Lord won't accept women with pants on. The church has said the Lord don't accept women preachers. The church has said so many things about Jesus. What the Lord can't do. What the Lord won't heal. But we're putting him in a box. We're limiting him. Actually, we're limiting our perspective of him. We're limiting what God will do in and through us because of our limited perception of who Jesus is. So we need a fresh revelation and over the years in this ministry I believe we've been trying to give people a fresh revelation of Jesus. Some of you studied the book The Jesus I Never Knew. Helped us see a different perspective of Jesus. Yeah. The disciples faced the same issue with short-sightedness with narrow-mindedness, and the Lord had to open 
their perspective. So this period of time, when he was spending with them, he was giving them a fresh revelation of who he was. Holy Spirit has come to reveal Christ, the Christ of the Scriptures, to the body today. We've shifted. We've fallen so far away from who Jesus really is. From who Jesus really is. A fresh revelation of Jesus yields a renewed commitment to him. A fresh revelation. Fresh revelation. Yields a a renewed commitment to him. Uh, During this journey, during the journey uh, to Pentecost, uh, the disciples were committed to the Messiah um, that they had conceptualized in their own minds. That's who they were committed to. That a Jesus that they had conceptualized in their own minds, not the Jesus who was being revealed to them. So they needed a commitment to the Christ of God. The must, uh, amen. They needed a commitment to the Christ of God who was not a military leader who was focused on restoring an earthly kingdom. What question did they ask as they stood there with Jesus that day? Master, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? All of this time, even over this 40-day period, Do y'all see why it's so important to keep coming, to keep sitting under the teaching, to keep listening, to keep challenging your mind? Because sometimes we get so focused on one thing that we miss everything else. They were so focused on the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. They wanted to be out from under Roman domination, Roman control. That's all. Even after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and spending 40 days with them on the day that he was going to be taken up from them into heaven. The kingdom, restoring the kingdom to Israel. That's all they were focused on. That's what that commitment was. Peter took that sword, cut the soldier's ear off, he wanted to start a revolution. How many people in the church want to change things so they do something to start a revolution? <laughs> Lord didn't call you to start a revolution. He didn't call you to start a revolution. They missed Jesus. So how can you go forward in a ministry following, a, following the vision of a man of the Christ who was doing a new thing when your mind is still in another place. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed a commitment to the Christ of God, who was not a military leader, who was focused on restoring an earthly kingdom. We see this in the disciples. Think about their lives. Think about it. You know, I I was focusing on Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, there was one time he sent them out on a rendezvous, on a mission, and they came back, and the first thing that was on their mind, Master, even the demons were subject to us. Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not it. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
You need to be focused on the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So your focus is wrong. Focus, focus, focus. Focus in the church sometimes can be so wrong. It can be so wrong. That's why we don't have disciples today. Because people come, we don't have many disciples. Because people come and you wonder, what did they hear? After all of this effort, what did they hear? Because people still master the demons. I got a, I got a healing ministry. Uh, the Holy Ghost fell on me and somebody. Now I got a healing ministry. I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. What did they hear? So the commitment has to be to the Christ as revealed in the scripture. That Christ, what did he come to do? To seek and to save that which was love. His whole ministry. Paul picked up on it and said that the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. So if you operate in a ministry of an apostle, a prophet, or evangelist, a pastor, or teacher, the ministry of reconciliation has been given to you. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ who came to seek and to save that which was love. It's not about being popular. It's not. It's not about having a title. It's not. We love titles, though. Don't call me apostle. I'm going to lay you out. (laughs) You see, all of this misguidedness in the the disciples because they were committed to the wrong thing. Peter and um, James and John, I believe it was, one account says their mother came, and some good mothers would do this, (laughs) but one account said they came. Master, when you enter your kingdom, let me sit on one side and my brother sit on the other side. Wait a minute. Now, Jesus got, at this point, 12 disciples. You all are getting in front of everybody else so you can get the highest seat. Wrong focus. Not about the highest seat. What does Jesus say? He that is chief of all shall be <laughs> servant of all. Amen. It's about service. Can somebody say it's about service? Whatever ministry gift you have, it's not about title. It's about service. It's about your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. They needed a commitment to the one in the midst of everything that they will go through in life that will say, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Jesus had given them some hints. Because you see, people look at ministry, and it's, oh, how easy it is. Oh, how wonderful it is. I see Bishop up there preaching. It's just wonderful. And people paying him attention. I see Brother Kenton playing the keyboard. You know, I can learn to do that too. And play. I see Minister Smiles, Sister Yvonne, and, and, and Sister Adrian, and all the other prayers. They're up there singing. and uh, I can do that too. Jesus said, when they asked, let, let one of us sit on the right side, the other on the left. He said, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup? that I'm going to drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? You see, you never know what a pastor goes through 
and when you don't walk in that room. Hmm. You don't know. You might see some things happen, and you may have, you may feel bad for your pastor that he had to go through that. You know, you don't know what the minister music goes through. You may see some stuff, you know, and you might create some stuff, even with the pastor. You might create some stuff. You don't know what, what, what the praise ministry goes through to, to prepare to come to minister on Sunday. So to sit back and say, oh, I can do that. And some people, you know, you see people with, with their wonderful voices that know how to do all the twirls and whirls and what have you. But there's a difference in performance and ministry. The anointing makes the difference. I'll never forget, I was sitting in the service one time, and this lady came up. She had the most beautiful, beautiful soprano voice. And I don't remember the song that she sang. She didn't hardly raise her voice. But that woman ministered under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I went to another banquet one night, and I knew the lady, but I didn't know the lady because she, she was older. She got married, you know, and she was older. I knew she could sing, but she sang that song that night. Lady had gotten up in front of her and had done a solo. And she, she just, I mean, she, she rolled her voice and she growled and everything. People sat there and looked at her. But this other lady got up. And sang this old hymn. She didn't sing like we sang in the stump. This hymn of the church. And she sang it so beautifully without raising a voice, without growling. And when she finished, tears were running down people's eyes. Before she finished singing, I knew who she was by then. I said, oh, I remember you. I always had been kind of a saintly kind of person, even when she was young. See, it's the anointing that makes the difference. But you don't know what people have to go through to get where they are and to minister the way that they minister. You see, some of this is born out of hardships and trials and tribulations and persecution that you've got to press your way through when nobody understands what you're going through. Sometimes when you can't talk to anybody about what you're going through, nobody but God begins to work in you and bring you through and prepare you to present you before the people with his ministry, not your own. They needed a commitment to Jesus. The fresh revelation of Jesus. Oh, my brothers and sisters, what's happening in the church world today? We need a commitment to the Christ of God. And this commitment to the Christ of God will lead on this journey to Pentecost. So, so all of this time, as we're in this process, getting ready to celebrate on, on, on the first Sunday of June, the day of Pentecost, when you think about the journey that the disciples were on, Revelation of Jesus, a fresh, somebody ought to pray for a fresh revelation of Christ. A fresh commitment to Jesus. And a fresh commitment, a renewed commitment to Christ will yield a renewed boldness to spread the gospel message. A renewed boldness. What did Jesus say to those disciples? He said, it is not for you 
to know the dates, the times, the dates that the Father set by his own authority. That's not your business. That's not your focus. That's not your focus. Get your minds off of popularity. Get your minds off of position. Get your minds off of seating. Get your minds even off of your failing. Because the reason he had, to, he had to minister to Peter was Peter had failed him and had failed him miserably. So he had to come back and, 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 and renew and restore Peter. Sometimes when you fail the Lord, you don't want to minister. You don't, want to, you don't want to get up in front of people. Whether it's preaching, whether it's praying, whether it's singing, especially, especially if you're not caught up in yourself. Now, if you're caught up in yourself, you get up anytime. <laughs> and you'll present anything. You will. Sometimes, to be honest and open, sometimes when I'm struggling with a message, the mind will say, go to the internet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even the mind will say, I'll just search back through some of your old sermons. Just pick a sermon. But God is a fresh God. He speaks freshness. That times I remember what Bishop Long said to us a long time ago. He said, when you're struggling on a Saturday night, if you hadn't gotten a message by Saturday night and you're struggling, he said, go to bed. Just go to bed and go to sleep. And when you get up in the morning, the Lord will speak. Amen. Why will the Lord speak? Because these are the Lord's people. The Lord has something to say to his people. And God will use you as his vessel in spite of you. Amen. He will use you in spite of you. So even in the midst of your failings and your shortcomings, God will give you boldness. When you stand up to speak, Holy Ghost will rise up inside of you and Holy Spirit will begin to speak his word through you because if you prepared yourself, now, now, now a lot of instances now, you ain't prepared yourself, the Holy Spirit don't have anything in you to bring out. Renew boldness. Renew bonus. He said to them, but you, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. Notice he said, you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses. That comes with the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, the might of the Holy Ghost. You're not doing this in your own strength. You're not doing this in your own power. You're not doing this in your own knowledge. You're not doing this in your own windows, wisdom, but by my power. They're Pentecost. They were going to be clothed. They were going to be endued with power from on high. And this is not just talking about physical power. Glory to God. This is spiritual power. This is power that's going to come from the inside of you. That's going to work as well on the outside of you. This is power that's going to call back to your remembrance those things that you have studied. This is power that's going to remind you that when you're weak, he will make you strong. This is power that's going to remind you that he is your wisdom, that he is your strength. Hallelujah. The power will come on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, it's going to give you boldness to speak. You might think you don't have anything to say, but just stand up in the power of the Holy Ghost. Just stand up in faith and the power will come upon you. Glory to God. You'll be amazed what God will do in you. You'll be amazed at how God will use you, but you'll also be humbled. On this journey to Pentecost, saints, it should be revealing a renewed boldness in us. Hallelujah. If you have been studying, if you've been praying, if you've been meditating even on the word that the Lord has given to us, amen, by the time these 50 days are over, there's going to be a renewed boldness inside of you. You're going to be speaking like you never spoke before. Hallelujah. You're going to find yourself in Walmart and in, in Publix and on your job speaking like you've never spoken before because of the renewed boldness. Speak that over your lives today. That there's going to be a renewed boldness in your life. Boldness to stand up against the enemy. Boldness to live godly. Boldness to share your testimony. Boldness to declare the gospel message. That's what this ministry is all about. Power of the Holy Ghost is not just to make us dance. You don't need power to make you dance. Just dance. Just dance. You need power to witness. You need power to proclaim the gospel. You need power to live. You need power in the midst of this ungodly age to live for Jesus Christ. When people are going a different way, when people are rejecting this Christ, we need the boldness to live for Jesus. journey to Pentecost gives us a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. If you've not taken the time over this period from, 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 from the resurrection to the ascension of Christ, if you've not taken the time, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late to get your focus on Jesus. So you can get a renewed revelation of Jesus Christ, of the Bible. Shut out everything you've seen on television. Shut out those things that you've even heard. Shut out those things that people say. You'll receive a renewed commitment to him and renewed boldness to share this gospel message. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word has accomplished and will continue to accomplish in our lives. Your word is spirit, and your word is life. Thank you. Thank you, God. Now, Lord, there's anybody in the sanctuary who is not saved and need to give their lives to you or who may need to recommit. Maybe they've fallen away for whatever the reason. They need to rededicate themselves to you.
Draw them today. Draw them today. Anybody searching for a closer walk with you, meet their need as well. Whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstances are in our lives, thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here to minister to us. We yield, <clears throat> we yield to you. We say yes to your will. Yes to your way. There's somebody watching online who's not giving their lives to you. Draw them now. Draw them to make that profession of faith in you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you're here today and you need to make that commitment to Jesus Christ, will you come? You need to rededicate your life. You can do that at your seat. <clears throat> if you need a church home, and you want to reunite with this fellowship, we invite you to come. And if you're watching us online, same thing goes for you. If you need, first of all, salvation, we're going to lead you in a prayer of faith, of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in a sanctuary, in a church building to accept Christ. Wherever you are, the Lord can hear and will hear your prayer. Remember, Jesus gave his life for you. He died on that cross so that he could satisfy God's righteous requirement on your behalf. God's requirement says, the soul that sins shall surely die. And that perpetuation had to be made. Sacrifice had to be made. That's why the Jews sacrificed the animals, the calf or the sheep or the goat. But for us, God took us from under that requirement. The, the requirement still stood, but he made a perfect sacrifice for us in his son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus died for you, for me, for everybody else in the world. Now he only asks that we accept through faith what he did on our behalf. His death, the shedding of his blood for us. Accept that and give our lives to him. So if that's where you are today, it's a prayer of faith that you need to pray. Just accepting what the Lord has done and asking him come into your life. If you will do that, join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for satisfying God's law on my behalf. Lord, I believe that you did. I believe that you are the Savior for everybody in this world who will believe. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. I receive you now. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me.
Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.